Hello and welcome to the backlog of the AIO Wiki podcast. This review is a review that I recorded last year with Ali Barrett and Ryan Matlock. Ali's also known as Arista, by the way. And I sent it off to an acquaintance of Ryan named Scott Bial. And Scott edited it, sent it back to me, and I never released it. Now I have, so thank you so much, Scott, for editing this. This review is a review of episode 858, the third in album 66, Trial by Fire, BTV Trinity. Okay, this is episode 858, BTV Trinity, written by Sam Sixiri, one of my favorite writers, and directed by Phil Lawler, with sound design by the old Nate Jones, and music by John Campbell, per usual. Uh, today, we've got Ryan Matlock again on the AI Wiki podcast. Ryan, welcome back. Hey! Let's start off with your initial reaction, initial rating of this episode. Would you give it a thumbs up? Or a thumbs down? I'm going to give it a thumbs down. Which is unfortunate, Ryan. I'm going to say a thumbs down, too. It's, oh, my, man. it's my debut. Oh, wait. It's not my debut. <laughs> it's your, de- your second debut. Woo. <laughs> and I'm so negative. <laughs> oh, man. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Of course. Because that was what I felt after I heard this. Maybe it was because I heard this one after hearing Same Mold Story. Mm. So oh. my expectations of Odyssey episodes were really low after that one. <laughs> no kidding. Anyway, let's start off with the question that I think is going to be easily answered by the two of you. Is this the best BTV episode? No. No. Oh, okay. And I, after uh, we tried to record this review, but then one of our recordings wasn't really working, so we had to... Cough, cough, me. Cough, cough. <laughs> we had to restart it. After going through this question, I think I actually agree with you on this question. And I would say no. It's not the best BTV, but it is, I think this is one of the best expository episodes. Like, maybe not as a BTV, but... Uh, exploring a topic through a like something like kids radio if this were kids radio mm. i think it'd be pretty good would you agree hmm. maybe maybe possibly perhaps perhaps question why why isn't the, this the best btv and what is the best btv you know when i answered this the last time we recorded basically what i said was that a good btv episode has a few things like the first thing it's like three things the third is like a main story that's being told A third of it is like a series of random commercial spoofs that explore the idea of the episode. And then another third is like short skits slash commentary from Bernard about the things that are being said in the skits. Mm -hmm. This episode wasn't that because you didn't have a story that Bernard was telling and then Bernard commentating. It was like... The commentary and the story were all looped into the whole the submarine thing that Connie was doing. Right. And so it seemed to be kind of slow and it just kind of dragged on whenever you were on the submarine. Mm-hmm. Because you were waiting for the main story to come up, right? Right. That was the main story. I was like, well, this is like not even a story. It's like a Doofenshmirtz story, you know? Yes. Like, Let me tell you my backstory. <laughs> Once upon a oh. time. I was a kid, and my dad did something, and then he died, and now I've made this submarino detour. <laughs> and those are great, but this failed. <laughs> Ryan, you need to do the, imp- I, I don't know, that sounds exactly like the puzzler oh my from BTV Revenge. <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah, you're right, the, the two sections were melded together. What's also interesting about this is that the short skits never continued themselves either. Mm-hmm. They were self-contained in their little spot. You heard it, then it was over, back to the submarine scenes. Whether that's good or not, yeah. 
All the short stories were so confusing in how they tied in, though. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> it was. It was to me. <laughs> to you. To you. But yes, I can see where you're coming with that. Mm-hmm. As far as what the best BTV episode is, when we recorded this the first time, I thought it was BTV redeeming the season. Oh. But then, but then I heard the most recent one. Idolatry? Is it good? Yes. Are you serious? I thought it was so funny. <laughs> Are you serious? I talked to Austin Peachy and he said the same thing. Is it really that good? Uh, yeah, I don't understand. When I first heard it, I thought, well, it's okay. But I've only heard the episode twice also, so I I, I don't know. It's that initial opinion on it, you know? Mm. I Maybe mean, that's just missing something. Like, see, there are so many callbacks. And like at first I was like, oh, they're going to just like rip themselves off. But then they started making fun of the fact that ripping <laughs> themselves off. And it was hilarious. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. And top of that, all the skits that weren't ripping off previous Imagine Guy things were still like on point. They were really funny. I can't I can't remember which ones they were, but they were funny. I just remember like laughing so much. Hannah was with me and she was like, we need to listen to Odyssey episodes like this because I'm really enjoying watching you laugh at it. No, that's a great point. And put next to this episode, me thinking this is really good, contrasting it with that one. I can see where you're coming from and where I'm coming from at the same time with that. I'm going to have to hear idolatry a lot more times to appreciate it. Arista, best BTV? Well, and wait, wait, wait. Have you not heard idolatry yet? No. Listen, I am very behind on stuff. I, I'm in high school. I have school to do. So I mentioned this in the last recording, but I have had a pretty deep set dislike for BTV episodes, enough so that I would go outright and avoid them. Strangely inconsistent with your want for Odyssey to be lighthearted. How so? Well, you said in previous podcasts you'd rather the episode be a more lighthearted episode than a serious, emotionally but no one dies episode. No, no, no. That was like, if I had to take anything, fine, go with the lighthearted stuff, but I'd really like to have something deeper and more meaningful. Okay. You know, where bigger stuff actually happens. This was not a fun episode. But anyway, not not what the thing is about. No, but because of the fact that I have not heard all these BTV episodes, literally the only ones I've heard is this one in BTV is Revenge. So I don't have much to go off of here. Funny, that that is kind of funny. Neither of those have I liked. So there are four. Which one is my favorite? None. Sorry. I'm a bad Odyssey fan. I thought you liked BTV Revenge. It was okay. It was better than this one. I guess that would be my favorite. BTV Revenge. My favorite BTV is either Temptation or uh, BTV Obedience. Probably two of my favorite ones. Maybe the newest one. I'll just have to listen to it a couple more times. (laughs) Anyway, we've beat that horse dead enough. Let's go on. We start BTV Trinity with music. And Arista, first word on the music? It was amazing. Oh, there you go. One one good thing about this episode. Yes, that was one amazing thing about it. Since BTV is kind of a variety show, the variety of music in this episode really played very Mm. well. It really matched all the themes that they went through, especially with all the stories, and it just flowed really smoothly. And it really shows off how John Campbell can write for so many different styles of music. Something Jared DePasquale, I don't think mm-hmm. he really... I don't know, I haven't heard enough of his music to know if he can do it or not. But, yeah, John Campbell did it. And Ryan's staying quiet because he has, doesn't really pay attention to the music. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree because I usually don't notice the music just because it's generally on point. And if I do notice the music, it's because it's not, so... I, like, zone in on the music. I'm like, okay, I, I, this is why I'm here for the episode. I love it. This is the one good part. Last time we recorded this, I'm going to just keep referencing. You remember last time we talked about this? Oh, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> remember that one joke we told? <laughs> yeah, it was great. None of us remember it, but it was uh, great. Yeah, he just had to be there. <laughs> yeah, but last recording, I said something like, oh, yeah, I've never thought about listening for the music. I'll have to start doing that. And then I didn't. I started listening to more episodes, <laughs> and I completely forgot. 
That's okay. Great. A it's few just, weeks later, same place that we were at before. Yeah. Because I'm an audio editor, I am always paying attention to the tiny things in the background. I'm like, oh, did you hear that little sound effect? Or did you hear that little sound when my mom and I are driving in the car and I hear a click outside the vehicle? And my mom's like, no, I didn't hear that. See, I pay attention to sound effects. I just never thought about the music because it seems less complicated. Because mm, I've, yeah. I've done music and Foley, but usually it's like, okay, spend a lot of time on the Foley. And then the music is like, figure out what theme it needs to evoke and stick it in mm-hmm. there and stop it if you need to with me i've done a lot of choir i'm in my ninth year of choir Ah. i've been playing piano for a long time violin for four years three years or so and i've done some composition too so with all that under my belt it's like music is at the forefront of my mind see all i've done is video editing and like art i'm just like i just listen to music all the time that's the whole reason i have behind this and you have good taste in music from what you put in your videos hey i do that's called free youtube music boy but ryan this is we just brought up the sound effects what do you think about the sound effects for the wraparound or for the story segments? I thought they were pretty decent. Like, it's a BTV episode, so the sound effects, they're kind of half and half. And by that, I mean, sometimes they're what I'll call natural sound effects, and sometimes they're silly sound effects. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for one, it'll be like, okay, we're going to toss in these sound effects because we want to evoke a certain atmosphere. And then another, it's just all boing, boing. <laughs> oh, I hate like those the, sound effects. Like the end of the things that are definitely not the Trinity. Yeah. That weird sound effect that one definitely it was like all the sound effects are just there a person says something and then there's a sound effect and then the person says and then they ate an apple that, that sort of thing oh like did you hear the rumpelstiltskin episode uh yes i did the part where what what's his name heinrich holstein or yeah mr holstein well it's, it's not friedrich holstein it's a different holstein there's another holstein yeah it was that dan hagen didn't want to imitate kenny morris or he didn't want to replace kenny morris who was the original actor for holstein okay Whatever he is, he, he's saying, uh, I'm going to tell this story, so keep your ears peeled. Did you hear that? That was my ears being peeled. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's terrifying. I'm just imagining a carrot peeler now. Oh, my. <laughs> ah, why did you go there? Ah. Jacqueline Cusco. Ew. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Ew. 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 <laughs> thumbs down. Put it away. Ouch. Ashley Adler? The actress? Props to her for doing an okay accent. I mean, yeah. She's about as good an actress as Madame Blueberry. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Like, they both do their job. It's just someone asked them to do a really weird job. Throughout the rest of the episode, I think most of the female voices were her. Oh, were they? Really? Okay. Yeah, except for Katie Lee. So she was my darling Clementine at the end. Okay, she did a good job there. Yeah, that sounded really good. Yeah, if if you're thinking Madame Blueberry throughout the whole thing and... If you didn't like the episode in the first place, I get why you wouldn't like Jacqueline Cusco. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, I just didn't like the character. The actress was great. Okay, the character as in the way her accent was portrayed, the, her, her voice, what specifically? It seemed a bit over the top, and it's kind of hard for me to differentiate the voice from, I guess, the writing. If I had a voice, mm. okay. like if I was playing a character and I was being judged on my acting ability, it would be both how I can make my voice replicate different emotions, but it would mm-hmm. also be the things that I say so like if you're looking at a movie often you might be like oh wow this guy's a terrible actor but (laughs) if he or her is given horrible dialogue then sometimes there's just no way to pull it off Mm -hmm. I I totally get that was her dialogue that bad though it was pretty bad in some places like places where it was highly expositional okay there's one line she has where Quid says why don't you explain why we're here and she says oh sure a thousand leagues below the surface is the marinara trench and stuff is that one of the lines you were talking like about that the thing that's coming to mind right now is like the whole backstory about her dad where she's like 
it's true, this happened, and then he died, and then bleh. I can see where you're coming from there. Was she acting, or do you think she was actually a real character in Odyssey? Oh, man. Was she somebody who was playing the role of Jacqueline Cusco, or... Is Jacqueline Cusco an actual person in Odyssey? Oh, that's a good question. She wouldn't fit in if she was. Now I'm questioning everything because <laughs> oh, no well, initially I thought that it was supposed to be like, this is not a character, this is actually mm. someone because Captain Quid's on board and he's a real character. All the other BTV episodes don't really have that recently. Like Revenge was Wombat Man yeah. and the most recent one about idolatry was an Indiana Jones ripoff. Wait, 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 wait. What if the submarine wasn't even real? What if it's just a set? No, I think it's a set. Ah! Here's here's why. You're blowing my mind, man. I'm having a mental breakdown now. Well, Harrison Jones in BTV Idolatry might be real. Looking at the change in format, starting with BTV Revenge, I'm thinking it's not, though. Because of Wombat Man and the puzzler and stuff. But the fact that Quid is here proves that it's not the actual character. Because, one thing, Quid isn't a Christian. And two, there's absolutely no reason he should be here. Mm -hmm. Wait, so what says that Quid isn't a Christian? Why would he abandon the ship or abandon the crew if he wasn't a Christian. Because he's Captain Quid. That's what he does. You know, I probably shouldn't judge him on that. Well, he abandoned them to try to go for help. Mm -hmm. Right. Quote, unquote, go for help. I withdraw the accusation. Anyway, Quid doesn't really seem like the most philosophical person to be talking about the Trinity, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is still the question of how did he even get here? Is he real? He's been or... swimming this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and he finally just made it back. Turns out Odyssey is in like New Mexico or something. Somewhere like <laughs> right next to the coast. He could just swim to Odyssey. <laughs> and after all these years washed up on the shore and Connie's like, I need someone for my show. <laughs> and he's like, I'll do it if you pay me. And give me some food. I'm very hungry. He's just working for food now. That's the fan canon now. <laughs> and Wit's just like, hey, I need to show Eugene a lesson. Would you be in my Room of Consequence program, please? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, all that to say, I don't think Jacqueline Cusco is real. Therefore, it's an actor playing a character playing a character. Can I just say how weird it is that we're debating whether or not a character's real in an episode? It's so meta. Totally. May the summer albatross roost its young upon the yard arms of a fateful morning. Okay. So Connie immediately after that says, okay. Question from the last recording, is that line too scripted when Connie says, okay? And like I said in the last recording, yes, because that sounds like my acting from two years ago. Yeah, but it also sounds like a real-life person, a real-life person I know, who would say that line exactly the same way. Well, yes, but not Connie. <laughs> yeah, Connie would be like, okay. Be like, okay. Or just not, okay. It's like, no, 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 no. You've been doing this for too long, Connie. You know how to act. <laughs> Good you can, point. You can read it. But it actually makes more sense now that BTV's, you know, a, it's a TV show. So maybe she was, you know, reading mm. the script. And yeah. yeah. It's an idea. Maybe the teleprompter just didn't come up soon enough. And she's like, oh, Okay. Oh, here's another thing. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> How did they know that Jacqueline Cusco's story was going to tie into the main plot or to Trinity? They didn't. It's all by the grace of God. This is Odyssey. What? So that's why it's so disconnected. Yes! That's why it doesn't yes! seem to connect to the Trinity. Yes! We just figured it out. I'm putting the continuity oh, back uh, in. It totally connects. <laughs> uh, Samsung series writing. You want to talk about him? <laughs> Do you want to talk about him? Yeah, I want to talk about him. I really, really like him. I think he's the second best writer on the team right now. 
Who's the first? I think Phil Lawler. Okay. Phil Lawler or Kathy Buchanan. It kind of goes either way. Phil Lawler's really good. I brought up same-sex series writing because in the episode, there's a reference. It's very subtle to the Marinara Trench. What is the Marinara Trench? It's right next to the Meatball Ridge. Oh my goodness. Oh, Oh, the puns. (laughs) Moving on. Thank you. Quid has a line. Jacqueline is saying something about how deep the water is. And Quid says, and a captain would have to be a madman or a genius to navigate these waters. And Connie says, which are you? Undecided. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was amazing. He had had some definite good lines. Was he uh, overall a good character in this episode? Hmm. I think he was a good character, but not necessarily for this episode, if that makes sense. So he was perfect in Aloha Oi because he fit that situation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, it's so funny. The Barclays think they're going to be on this great thing. And then it gets worse when they realize Bart's a cheapskate and he rented a really cheap boat. (laughs) And then it gets even worse when they realize that the captain's a loon. It just keeps getting worse until they're stranded Mm -hmm. at sea. And that's the comical continuation. In this episode, it wasn't that at all. It was just like, okay, we've hired a loon, but it doesn't really get worse. It just kind of progresses until, you know, like the, the any progression is just Jacqueline's the whole progression, and he's just there goofing off. He's kind of like Wooten of this mm-hmm. episode. He's like Carlo Doyle. Yeah, which is why idolatry was, I, I guess you can say it's objectively better, because the wraparound character, Harrison Jones, actually did progress. Mm-hmm. In a in a way that wasn't him just telling his backstory. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I hear you now. I see where you're coming from on this one. That's a great point. Quid and Harlow Doyle later on in the episode really compliment each other. And they have some funny lines uh, <laughs> yeah, to each other. And there are some inside jokes in the episode that just keep going on and getting funnier and funnier, I think. Like the fact they keep referencing him. But I do see where you're coming from. So, so, Quid, another funny line. He says, recall the prayer of the salty sailor. Lord, I hear the call of the ocean and I shall not let the call go to voicemail. <laughs> where was that line and how did I miss it? It's at the beginning exactly. when he's saying, don't you think there's enough to explore in the first 10 feet of the ocean? And then uh, he says his line. Man, I really missed that. Must have been just saying up or something. Whenever I hear this line, I, I can never remember what he says right after that, which is, watch over me as I unfurl me sails and stuff, because I'm laughing from him saying, let the call go to voicemail. <laughs> Expositions of the Trinity on Odyssey have been kind of rare. No kidding. How does this episode do with the Trinity? I thought it explained it well in the end. At the beginning, I didn't think it explained it well at all. Like, especially with the way that Connie started out with introducing the Trinity. Because Jacqueline asked if the Trinity was even in the Bible, and Connie was like, well, if you're asking for the simple answer, then no. And I instantly was like, okay, hold on. That, no, mm, something just didn't seem right about that. The way that she came across with it just sounded almost like there was no basis for what she actually believed, and the Trinity was just a thing that was kind of made up. And so instantly that kind of twisted the episode for me, and I'm like, Connie better bring it back around and show that the Trinity's actually there. And she did. Mm -hmm. She did. Right. But even then, it was just so confusing. Like, it's a really hard topic, sure, but, you know... I just don't think it's handled the best. I do apologetics with my speech club, Mm -hmm. and I think I'm okay at it. The usual apologetics question goes, what is the definition of blank, and why does it matter? And that's Mm -hmm. basically what Connie says. What is the Trinity? Is it in the Bible? 
and why does it matter at the beginning i thought mm-hmm. this is the moral this is very clearly stating it out and she followed through on every one of those points she did and i thought throughout the whole episode it was easy to understand which point she was on in each part of the episode and at the beginning when she says is there anything in the bible the answer she gives is supposed to be jarring i think mm-hmm. that's what this episode does sometimes especially with the what the trinity's not skit it gives you an expectation mm-hmm. about what's going to be said you know that they're going to counter it somehow but then when they actually do counter it's okay they did it or the fact that they're kind of taking it that way like when connie says no and jacqueline goes off of that that's all i need god is god and that's all i need let's no more bother with this trinity business i'm thinking how's mm-hmm. connie gonna counter this because obviously the trinity's real mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i just don't think it was a wise choice to start out with saying no I'm like, mm, and especially if someone stopped the episode there. <laughs> it was like, oh, that'd be a really bad place to stop no one. Yeah. Is yeah. it in the Bible? No. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Just like, oh, hey. <laughs> Adventures in Odyssey is a pretty Just in the episode there. <laughs> that's all you need to know, kids. Did you, Ryan, happen to read Ben Warren, I think that's his name, review of Take Every Thought Captive? Take Every Thought Captive. Uh, I don't think so. He said the premise of how the inside of Valerie's mind worked and how all the different pieces fit together was really hard to understand for him. And that's why he thought that it could have been done differently. And I thought the opposite. Mm. I thought I could exactly see. I really Mm -hmm. agree with you. Like, I I, love that episode. I love that episode. It's phenomenal. Do we all agree on an episode? Wait, seriously? Arista? Take Every Thought Captive? Yeah, it was great. Boom. Anyway, this episode fits in, I guess. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, as much as a TV show can or BTV can. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I don't know. It depends on how you're listening to it, too. That makes it confusing. We've been mentioned a couple times on the official podcast. I've been in a couple uh, Q&As. You put a video out that was in one of the video montages mm-hmm. on the podcast. Which is super cool. And they referenced us when they were talking about BTV Trinity. To where? Bob was giving a promo for BTV Trinity and he said, and you'll be happy to know that this BTV Trinity actually has the Did You Know segment. And Jesse says, Did You Know? And Bob says, yeah, a couple fans were disappointed that the Did You Know wasn't in BTV Revenge. And I thought, that's us. We were the ones who were complaining about that. Yes, but we might not have been the only ones. Okay, quotes that. I'm waiting for the day when we're specifically (laughs) mentioned. But there is a Did You Know and it has Horace, who's the character from Failing to the Finish Line. Yes, and who on earth is that? Because I have not heard that episode, and I was very confused listening through this episode. I was like, who on earth is this tiny child next to Eugene in the recording? No, I, I was very confused. You know, Arista, you don't deserve the full explanation. Ooh. Go listen to the episode yourself, okay? Wow. Oh, I am shocked. I am hurt. How dare you? Because it's not going to do justice to explain it. All I'll say is he's um he's a crack up. A what? You're a breakup, Connie. No, crack up. All that to say, Horace's actor is Adam MacArthur. He was in Filling to the Finish Line as Horace. And in this one, he's the shoe shiner. He's the Apostle John. And he's the insomniac genealogist. Who is the insomniac genealogist? Oh, man, I forget. Did Manassas beget oh. Theophilus or something like that? It's him. Okay. That, yeah, I've never guessed that. In the Did You Know, when uh, they're talking to Theophilus of Antioch and that guy says, Hey, Theophilus, this doctrine about God being three persons, we should have a name for it. Let's call it Kevin. <laughs> okay. Do you know that I can't remember what I was doing? I did like some kind of paper for school. It was about the Holy Spirit. So I put the Holy Spirit and in parentheses, I put AKA Kevin. And my mom was so confused like the entire week. She's like, why did you call the Holy Spirit Kevin? And I'm like, you would not understand. Just trust me on this. Then we have the first instance of BTV static after the did you know. 
and it's a lot shorter than it was in the other three BTVs that it's been in. What did you think about the static? <laughs> I didn't notice. You didn't notice. Is that really static? a thing we comment on now? The <laughs> static in an episode? What did you think of the static? It's appropriately jarring. Are we really running out of topics that we would talk about the static in an episode? And then the skit about the explicit verses. Hmm, I wonder if I should steal these rare gems. Oh yeah, nope. don't steal. I thought it was funny. And then when the genealogist finally remembers the Bible verse or whatever, he says, oh, well, that's a load off my mind. <laughs> this entire episode was so confusing. I just had so many questions. I'm like, why was that even on your mind? When I'm thinking about each scene, I think the episode flows pretty well. And whenever I ask a question, are they going to talk about this, about the Trinity? It answers it, I think, appropriately. What did you two think? I thought it was decently appropriate. Honestly, Mm. the one thing I felt was missing, and I don't think I answered the last question about like their approach to the Trinity, so I'll wrap that all in this answer. Okay. Honestly, for me, the Trinity isn't so hard to understand. Partially, just how I learned about the Trinity makes sense to me. So spending the first half of the episode saying, What's the Trinity? I don't know. It's hard to understand. Who can know it? <laughs> it was like, but it's it's not. If you spend the first half of the episode trying to convince us that it's hard to understand, it's going to be hard to understand, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it makes a lot of sense to me because one person I once heard made the argument that if God is love, Well, what is love? Love is serving someone else, even when you get nothing out of it. If God is love and he's unchanging, he would have had to be loving even before he created humans. Mm -hmm. So there has to be more than one person hanging out in the person of God. That's great. That's an awesome explanation. That's really good. Yeah, it's really awesome and like exciting to me to think of it that way. Like that makes so much sense. And from there, it makes even more sense to like, even just take it on faith. Like, okay, yeah, it's a triangle. Like, a triangle has three sides, but it's one triangle. Yeah, whatever, shamrock, whatever. I can picture it that way. Shamrock is three leaves in one. Mm, Or as C.S. Lewis puts it, just as a cube has six squares while being one cube. Not not the perfect representation, but still okay. Right, and, like, none of those are great examples because the Trinity is much higher and better than that. But Mm -hmm. it's enough to be like, okay, I can take this on faith and understand that this is what the Bible says, and it makes enough sense to understand that this is the case. Mm. Right. I get it. And like what I've just said is more evidence for me that makes it make sense than what was said in this episode, honestly. Great argument there. And when I was hearing this episode, I thought, yeah, I know what the Trinity is. I'm going to see how they explain it. Mm, That's what I did. Yeah, kids who are listening, 8 to 12 year olds, are probably going to be thinking, I don't understand the Trinity. So I think that's where Sam Suxuri was coming from with this episode. And with the approach that they took, I was still entertained by the beginning sketches, even though I already knew, okay, I know how to understand the Trinity. But kids who are listening to this would hear the sketches and be pulled into it like, okay, this is funny. And it's kind of giving me the backdrop of what the Trinity is and isn't, right? Mm, I suppose. Kind of, I could see that. And like, have you guys ever seen the Veggie Tales where they tell the story of St. Nicholas? Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I have that one. Like in that one, there's this one scene where St. Nicholas is like, so you see, God is like a shamrock. And they're all like, oh, great shamrock. You are powerful. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like a shamrock. He's three persons in one. <laughs> And the people, they're kind of like confused, but it was one 30 second sketch that explained Mm -hmm. it's hard to understand, but here's how to understand it. Oh, and it didn't have to take 25 Mm -hmm. minutes to say, no one knows what the Trinity is, but it's here. 
here's here's some inmates. Is that what Odyssey did? It kind of felt like it, uh, I it feels guess. feels like it, yeah. Uh, I feel like it took the first five minutes to do that. So maybe the pacing was a bit off is what you would say. Maybe, yeah. That's fair. It's maybe unfair for me to be like, they took 25 minutes to say it, but <laughs> it seemed to drag out a bit how long they were like not understanding this. I feel and you. And I can feel you. <laughs> yeah. Mm, nope. <laughs> Good point. What VeggieTales were you talking about? Oh, it was Sumo of the Opera, but it was like the oh. ti- it was the tiny part where Lutfi was telling the story of St. Nicholas. Oh, I have the actual St. Nicholas VeggieTales. I had never seen Sumo of the Opera. I forgot about that one. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wait, not St. Nicholas. St. Patrick. I'm sorry. Anyway, moving on. Not about VeggieTales, even though. Aw, to be it. Quid has a line when they're talking about the implicit verses, and he says, implicit, like how at the grocery store they have an implicit rule that you shouldn't lick any apples you don't intend on buying. <laughs> they, uh, they look down on you for that. As if he's saying it from experience. And I'm yeah. like, that put the whole new image in my head. Great. Right after that whole ice cream fiasco. <laughs> nothing we else need, nothing we need to say more about the quid. Oh, Quid's quid. funny. Yeah. Quid my child. Why? Harlow appears. He jumps out of the case. Harlow Doyle. And I knew Harlow was going to be here. And he hasn't been around in four years. And so it's great oh, to have him back. My goodness. Has it been that long? Yeah. Uh, 2015. Wow. When he came out, like when he first entered the episode, I literally like dropped what I was doing and freaked out because I just was not <laughs> expecting it in my headphones. I think I'd like zoned out or something the first time listening through and just completely freaked me out. <laughs> it's like you're half sleeping and Connie says, you need a detective to figure it out. And you're like, oh, detective. <laughs> I was like, "Ah, what on earth? Like, why? Why Uh, did you not just come in normally? uh, Shepard me Timbers, man. You've been hiding that chest the whole voyage. I, Harlow Doyle, is always on a case. Or in this case, I was in a case. While on a case. But in any case, here I am, wherever that is. We're going through the Harlow sketches. And then you have the talk with John. So this is your book, John. The book of John. And I think that very well explains the Trinity in a sort of, I don't know, superficial manner at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then... Harlow's talking to Matthew. So your name is Matthew? I'm also called Levi. So why'd you call your book the book of Matthew? Well, marketing said Levi wouldn't work as the name of a book or something. Oh. And when Levi I first thought, I thought I had to listen to that line a couple times. And it's hard to make out what he's saying because at first it sounds like, well, markings of Levi wouldn't work. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a marketer, so I heard it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> you heard marketing. <laughs> That's great. He said they said it would work as a pants company. Whatever. <laughs> I pants thought that was are. great. The next line was... <laughs> Perfect. What's the next line? The next section where... Oh, yeah. Like, oh, so your name is First Corinthians? Uh, no, my name is Paul. The book I wrote is First Corinthians. <laughs> That's so pretty funny. good. And then I thought that the Matthew verse, I thought it was a little bit better at proving the Trinity than Paul's verse was. But Paul's verse illustrates the why does it matter question and what Connie refers to at the end, that each person in the Trinity has a distinct role. And that's why the Trinity exists, because mm-hmm. God needs to function in these different roles. I, I don't know. That, I, yeah. I just thought the way that Connie proved, or Harlow, Connie or Harlow proved the Trinity was very good with the Bible. Mm. It worked out really well in the end. Proving anything with the Bible is the best way. <laughs> wow, what an astute observation. <laughs> then we have the inside joke of the episode where Harlow Stan was perplexed, bamboozled, discombobulated, but it was only to be more bamboozled. Good, better, what? And then Harlow actually solves a case. For once in his life. For the first time. Yeah, proving even more this is fictional. <laughs> it's BTV. It's gotta be. Like, what is this, I slap floor? Is That's it... exactly what I was thinking. I'm a huge fan of this whole meta, 
Is BTV real or not? Uh, I think old BTV definitely was real, but new BTV. I don't know. Everything's going off the rails as soon as Bernard left. It could be like this whole theory that we like post on Reddit and we argue back and forth in the that thread. That would be cool. Except that there's not enough Odyssey fans on the internet or allowed <laughs> on Reddit. Yeah, like me, I'm not allowed on Reddit. Same. <laughs> It'll just be me and Kevin McCreary over there. <laughs> Fight for us, please. Find the Odyssey equivalent of Reddit and just put that on there. Oh, there yeah. we go. It's every Odyssey forum that has ever existed. What was it called? Like, there was one called Town of Odyssey or something? Town of Odyssey. It still, still exists. exists. I still go there every once in a while. Oh, my goodness. I went on there once around Christmas time. Never doing that ever again. Oh, and, no. of course, also the Soda Shop, which is the Odyssey Scoops forum. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and the website that's so negative about Odyssey episodes. Uh. <laughs> Harlow is, he's not really clueless in the Trinity sketch. And then as soon as he leaves, he's like, and notice all my next mystery. This submarine is faulty. I've deduced that by randomly guessing the word origin. And then he goes on, sub obviously means deep. And marine, why it means, why isn't it going? I'm sorry, I, I missed the point. It does Harlow every single episode. You just missed the point with everything. It's like, wait, what? So then he asks Jacqueline, why isn't the submarine going deeper? She gives him an excuse. Mm-hmm. And he says, ooh, fair point. I withdraw the question. I'm going to have to use that line. I've, I've used it a lot. Of- I, no, you used it in this podcast. I did. I did use it in this podcast. Do you remember that? Here's one question I had. And this is, I think, personally the biggest problem with this episode. At the end of Act 2, they're going crazy because there's something wrong with the submarine. Like, it's sprung a leak. And then all of a sudden, at the beginning of Act 3, the first scene... Quiz just like, hello, ahoy there, welcome back to BTV. I'm thinking, are you gonna tell us what happened? <laughs> yeah, they just completely forget about it. They're like, oh, don't don't mind what happened over there. Pay no attention to the leak behind the curtain. <laughs> Thank you! I was about to quote them, but I couldn't remember the words. And then, I don't know exactly what the context is, but Connie's trying to describe the Trinity, and Quid says, I'm still confused, and Harlow says, I've still been boozified. Let's talk about the storyteller's skits, and I'm gonna ask Nathan if I can put the whole clip into here. Oh, wow. And if I can, I'll stick it in, because I think it's important to listen to. With the things that are definitely not the Trinity sketch, there was a reviewer... I think his name's Ben Warren. He did a review of BTV Trinity, and he was saying that that skit itself was almost blasphemous in a way by the way it treated the name of God and the way it treated the representation of God. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he was saying that the humorous way in which the Trinity was described in the second sketch, and then I act like God the Son. This is my Jesus mask. Nice Mm. beard, eh? (laughs) And then then he says up to that, hey, uh, Thaddeus, yeah, Jesus, go into the village and bring me a donkey. And the whole sketch he said was irreverent and thus seemed to be almost sort of a violation of the law to not take God's name in vain. Mm. Oh, wow, yeah. I could see that, yeah. So, Ryan, I had you read the review. What did you think about that? I suppose I disagree, mainly because I guess I see there's a lot of different ways to take the law command to not take the Lord's name in vain. And I don't see that as an example where it's doing so because it's actually making a different point. Mm-hmm. It's proving that it isn't that. I see the whole thing about don't take the Lord's name in vain in a very specific way. If you go into the New Testament, you'll see that mm-hmm. a lot of the laws aren't repeated. But one thing that is repeated is Jesus' command to love others as I have loved you. And another time where he says the two most important laws are to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then also to love others as you love yourself. That's right. the lens, I suppose, that I see the whole Old Testament through. Is right. that all those laws are just specific 
specific laws pertaining to that overarching law of loving God and loving others. And I don't see this as an example where the writers were trying to not love God. But there are examples that I could think of where people are very clearly not loving God in the way they speak about him, where they do use his name in vain. They do say things like people saying, oh my, or he knows what... Uh, You you don't have to say, we know you. Yeah, I don't have to... I don't have to specify. There's plenty of examples where people use Mm -hmm. his name and they're not trying to reference him. They're just throwing his name in there because why not? Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. using it the way they would use an interjection. Yeah, I totally get that. And this isn't an example of that. This is an example where every time they use the word of God, they're using it to reference either him or a fake version of him. Because obviously like if Mm -hmm. I say that in the Old Testament there were other nations who had false gods, I'm not using capital G God's name in vain because I'm not actually referring to him, right? Mm -hmm. That's a great point. I'm referring to lowercase g. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is sort of the similar thing to what they're doing right here. They're not actually talking about the real God. They're giving examples of what is not God. Right. And they clearly state that after the skit. And that is a completely Mm. wrong way to describe the Trinity. That also is a complete pile of nonsense and stuff like that. So I guess I see the skit as just about as bad as a skit where they depict people lying and then Mm -hmm. someone coming online and saying, oh my word, they lied in the skit. That's perfect. That's against the Bible. No, no. They were very clear. The spirit of it was to say that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking. My reason goes a little bit deeper that the false god who's trying to impersonate the real God treats God with reverence and whenever he says this is my Jesus mask he's like I hope the real Jesus would be impressed with me for doing this is I think what he's trying to mm-hmm. say so he is using the name with reverence but he himself is the person we're supposed to laugh at we're not supposed to laugh at God we're supposed to laugh at <laughs> no you can never impersonate Jesus that way yeah mm-hmm. my thought about the Old Testament law versus New Testament law is that all of the Old Testament laws still are in spirit what we're supposed to follow except for the ones that Jesus overturned and two of those being doing absolutely no work on the Sabbath and eating unclean foods. And I guess my view is a little bit further, just that there are very clear ceremonial laws, like laws that you Mm -hmm. have to follow this in order to be clean, but Jesus overturned those two when he made us clean forever. Exactly. And then for the Ten Commandments, they are laws that I think God would still want us to follow and still want us to respect. Mm -hmm. And this skit doesn't take God's name in vain in a way that would be blasphemous is Mm -hmm. what our conclusion is. The way I kind of see it is we have the Old Testament, but the Old Testament was written for the Israelites. It was written to benefit us, but it was mainly written for the Israelites. So that is a good basis of what to go off of, you know, what you kind of need to know. But some of those laws have changed with the change of times and changing of complete cultures. Well, yeah, I see what you mean, but also- Like with the sacrificial laws and, you know, all those. Yeah, but also Paul was very aware of the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And when he wrote that all scripture is inspired by God and useful mm-hmm. for... Useful for reproof or something? Or Doctrine, rather? reproof, correction and instruction in righteousness. Right. Those are very specific cases. And if it's all scripture is useful for doctrine, then the Old Testament is still useful for doctrine. Mm-hmm. All right. Fun tangent, proving even more that this episode is an apologetics question. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> What do you think about Dave Arnold as the fake Holy Spirit? (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I I just realized that that was Dave Arnold. That's great. Uh That makes so much more sense. I'm happy whenever Dave Arnold's in the episodes. He's, He's great. He's so good. And then the storyteller says, hmm, what's that? You want another story? It's like Dora the Explorer. It's like we didn't say it. And the fake God is saying, hey, Noah. Yeah, God. Build me an ark. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I love Noah. Like, that's great. Okay. And then what was that sound effect after the storyteller, when the storyteller is recapping what the Trinity is not, and saying, it's not one god with two lesser helpers. <laughs> what? <laughs> the end. <laughs> Who knows? I don't even understand. I don't understand half of the stuff in this. There's something about the scene and theme blending in the rubric that I think was pulled off very well here. During the What the Trinity is Not, there's the funny music, funny sound effects. And then after that, there's no background music. There's no jokes. It's sincerity where they say, okay, let's take the three wrong ideas, say what the Trinity actually is. Mm -hmm. Did you catch that? Yeah. I did not actually pay attention to that. No. I thought it was good. It was sort of setting the tone of we're treating the Trinity with respect. I agree with you. And then Jacqueline Cusco reveals that she's afraid of the ocean. And then Harlow says, audible gasp. Even my bamboozles are bamboozled. Oh, they just keep running with it. And then there's a reference to episode number three. What? Communicate. Oh, no. How? I'm glad Wait, I missed where? it. Jacques Cusco. Jacques Cousteau. All I could think was Ratatouille. You could think Ratatouille. Well, I thought that was the only other time they mentioned Jacques Cousteau. It was in mm. that episode. I've never actually heard the whole episode of Communicate. When I first heard Jacques Cousteau, I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. Did Jacques Cousteau die to a, die to a jaguar? Sure. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> hey, guys, bring the camera over here. I just found a jaguar. Sure. I will say, though, like with the whole thing with Jacques Cousteau and whatnot, I was very, very surprised when they said that he died. Because, I don't know, maybe that just like tripped me up. It just seemed a little what? off to be saying that in an Odyssey episode. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I can understand maybe leaving, yeah. you know, going to the Middle East like Whit did for like so many albums. Yeah. But like, to die? He's a minor character. He doesn't even appear until after he's been referenced multiple times. And anyway, it's BTV. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he died, though. They killed It's BTV. It's funny. I mean, he died, but now it's BTV, so it's funny. <laughs> that was just a bit surprising for me. I'm like, okay, we're all just going to handle that like it's normal. Great. Mm-hmm. Odyssey has fallen. I think if they ever want to kill Wit, then they'll just have to do it in a BTV episode. So it's funny. <laughs> Thankfully. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Lord, please let that happen. This is canon. Going back to the apologetics question, I think that Jacqueline Cusco's story more ties into the why does it matter? Like, why should we even consider the Trinity? And mm-hmm. for me, when I got to that point, I was ready to answer that question. And hearing about her story kind of brought that out. So I liked the wraparound story in that way. I thought that the scenes kind of flowed together well in that aspect. <laughs> but like you guys have said, it was a bit harder to understand coming from a different viewpoint. I did not feel like the wraparound story connected whatsoever. I found it kind of pointless. I could see a vague connection, but I just felt like there wasn't really any reason to yeah. hear it. So you probably thought that the, the Rick skit the darling clementine yes didn't really tie in did it oh i was so confused i'm like it was just too long too confusing i'm like it's they had a question right before and then you just went to a skit i'm confused i understand the parallels because i do i know why they're trying to do it because they're not making just one point they're making two in this episode point number one here's what the trinity is Point number two, here's why it's important. Is it in the Bible? Here, point number three, here's why it's important, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, is it in the Bible? I suppose that kind of ties in with the first one, which is what is it? Okay. But yeah, it's just like, they're trying to say, here's why it's important and why you should even care. But I feel like they're trying to do this and I really appreciate that they're trying to do it. It's just like... I don't know if the point is getting across that that's exactly what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jacqueline says, but why? Why does it matter? What Connie said at the beginning. And why does it matter? And then Jacqueline says, why does it matter? That's true. That's true. So it's, it is definitely carried throughout the episode. Yeah. 
Anyway, we're never going to agree on this, but I think that that sums it up pretty well. When Jacqueline was talking about, why does it matter? Like, why do I need to complicate all of that with the, this Trinity stuff? When she was saying that, I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, okay, I want to hear the answer. I'm like, this should be a good answer. And then they switched the conversation to the boat. And I'm like, hold up. I, I want to hear the answer to that one. And then I had to wait until like the end of the episode and like piece it together to actually figure out what they said. Hmm. I was very, I was like, no, you you just answered the question right there. None of, if, if small children are going to be listening to this, I guarantee you they will not remember that part. So why? Well, yeah, you don't have to remember that. Connie kind of restates it, why you should remember it later on. But you know? it just, I don't know. I can never hear in the episode why it's actually important for us to know. Other than knowing who God is and, you know, reading his stuff and because we love him. But that, I just wanted a very clear explanation. Well, here's the thing. Connie says it very clearly at the end when she mentions John 3.16. And I mm-hmm. really like that tie-in because it actually answers the third question. Why does it matter? Connie's mm-hmm. quote is, God loves us. So he gave his only son, Jesus, to die for our sins. And then Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit so that we can accept the free gift of grace and be with God forever. That's the thesis statement of the episode put mm-hmm. at the end so that we're drawn into it. So God loves us, Father. So he gave his only son, Jesus, number two, to die for our sins. And then Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit, number three, so that we can accept the free gift of grace. So it matters because that's how salvation works. Make sense? Kind of, but that's... I agree with you, Michael. Mm -hmm. I'm still like, that really doesn't answer the question. Mm. I mean, I could see from a theology standpoint, and like, if you're looking at it, yes, it would make sense. But if you're someone that didn't really know much about it, like, that wouldn't make sense to you. I'd be like, okay, um... Yeah, that's great and all that we have salvation. Why does it matter that I need to understand the Trinity? I'm like, it just happened. God loves me. Okay, we're good to go. I'm saying this as if I was new Christian, you know, not as if I understood the Bible. So. Well, well, if you're a new Christian, then the other explanation of it's always good to dive deeper into scripture should be sufficient for you in that way, right? I guess so. It just seems like a kind of cheap, easy answer for it. But anyway, that's just what I was thinking about it. And we haven't even talked about Jameson Price, the actor who plays Rick, and Rick hugging oh. the trash can. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Sorry, but frankly, my dear, you don't smell that great. You're hugging a trash can, Rick. That was like the one good part of that sketch. And then, of course, the shoeshiner boy. His voice was amazing. I know, the same as Horace. It was awesome. I really liked him. So at the end, Harlow, there's only one letdown line of Harlow, and where, it's, where Harlow says, I think, I think I might finally get it. You will? You do? Yeah, I might finally get that little red tricycle I've wanted since I was 22. Is that what he says? <laughs> Something like that. Well, yeah. I think and so. And then when they're talking about what they learned from the episode, and Harlow says, and I... Don't have a third thing to add to this. That I loved. Is Harlow still clueless to all this? Or maybe there's just something deeper I'm missing about Harlow? Like, maybe I'm analyzing his character too deeply? I think that those are just clear moments where they're like, okay, we obviously don't have enough comic relief in this episode. Let's throw (laughs) some in. At the end of the episode, you have the, I think what a good clincher ending is. They've explained the episode, and I've understood it. And then they Mm. have the thing about the purple fin, purple fish that are actually orange. And then the music kind of starts to fade out. Then all of a sudden, it goes to this oboe-like thing at the end. It kind of has this kind of feel at the end for the music. Like, yay, applaud, applaud, applaud. And then there's no narration by Chris at the end. It's just straight into the credits. I actually really liked it that way. Like, I thought the ending was really smooth. I was like, hey, they did really good with this. Yeah, especially, I mean, coming off of, again, same old story. Yeah, no kidding. So good. It makes a lot of sense for this episode because they've already done the thing that Chris would do anyway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think it made sense here. Arista, did you mm-hmm. think that it fit where they... Yeah. 
<laughs> I thought it wrapped it up really well. I felt that Connie actually really played the part of Chris in this episode. It was like the old episodes where Chris was in them, you know, telling the story throughout the episode. Yeah, good point. It was just really interesting to see Connie doing it, and so Chris didn't really need to come in at the end. I'm guessing you kind of have sort of mostly negative feelings about this episode, but some positive ones, right? Yeah, there's parts, like, I liked certain aspects of the episode, but overall I just didn't want to listen to this episode at all. And Ryan, you're half and half, but leaning to more no? Yeah, something like that. All right. So going down through all the categories, I would say writing, yes. Love Sam series writing. Moral, yeah. Went across pretty well. Music, oh yeah. Sound design, yes. Overall acting, yeah. Most of the actors were really, really good in this. Individual acting, there were a couple actors. Uh, I think everyone was, was great. So I give both of those categories a yes. Believable plot, or was everything in there, the the sound plot, complete plot, yes, because they answered the three questions. What is the Trinity? Is in the Bible? Why does it matter? Drawn into the plot, I was actually drawn into Jacqueline Cusco's story, so yes, I'm going to give that one one. Expectations? Uh, no, not really. I was thinking Harlow, like, in the middle, I thought, oh, is he actually a serious character? And then at the end, he's like, tricycle. No. <laughs> but no, we're not doing that. The pacing, yeah, I think that the scenes weren't too fast or too slow. Every once in a while, they, they might have been a little bit, but I don't know. You know what? I'm going to actually say no. There were a couple spots where I think it could have been off a little bit. Scene and theme blending. Yes. I think all the themes flowed well together. The scene with Rick doesn't exactly make sense, but when you think about it, if you think about a certain perspective... Yes, it does make sense. I'm going to give that one a yes. Specifically humorous. Yep, I really like this episode. It's funny. Truly memorable. Yeah, it's not the best BTV, but I'll remember it. It's continuity with other episodes. No, because it breaks the format of BTV a little bit. Mm -hmm. And goofs. There were no goofs. So that's a thumbs up for there. So this episode gets a four out of five. Nice. As far as what I think. Uh, the writing. I thought that the writing, it was okay. I guess... Enough of it was so expositional that I'd say no on that one. Compelling moral. I do agree with the moral of the episode. Like, even now that we've talked about, it's not just talking about what the Trinity is. It's also why it's important. I definitely agree with the why it's important message within the episode, even if I think that the whole Trinity explanation wasn't explained as well as it could have been. So I'll say that's a yes. Music is great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> as much as you were paying attention to it. Uh, yeah, and the sound design was great. Overall acting... I thought it was fine. Mm -hmm. I think I'll say yes to overall acting. Overall acting was good, but the individual acting was not. Uh -huh. Just because I didn't like the Cusco character and <laughs> also the tricycle thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> complete plot. Yes, I suppose it's complete. Like, despite the fact that it's a weak plot, honestly couldn't see it happening in real life this way. Because Jacqueline, she's an adult. She honestly seemed like not to be acting in a rational manner based on what was going on. This is a section for plot holes. So were there plot oh, holes? Oh, plot holes. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't even really much plot there. So I doubt there were any plot holes other than like the, <laughs> okay. the hole in the ship that they didn't explain. No oh, kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The plot hole in the ship. Plot hole. So yeah, I'll say it's a complete uh, plot. Okay. Drawn into the plot. That's where I'll say I wasn't, honestly. Gotcha. Expectations. It did not meet my expectations for a BTV episode. And that was bad. Pacing and speed was also off because it was again the same reason that i said with the other thing with you know btv is supposed to be like three sections but because they combined two of those sections it just kind of dragged so okay the scene and theme blending yes yes i think they did that just about as well as they do any other btv episode that was pretty good appropriately humorous this is where it's difficult because it's like 
There were a lot of times that they were. And a lot of times that they weren't. Overall, did you laugh? Was it funny? And was that good? Yes. When I think of the skits, but I don't think of the Jacqueline Cusco storyline, the skits were funny. I liked the skits as they were, even though they didn't have any continuity within the skits, like continuing them throughout the episode. I thought they were funny. Okay. Truly memorable. Yes. Not necessarily for the good reasons. (laughs) But yeah, it was truly memorable. Continuity. With other episodes. With other episodes. Maybe no, because it doesn't really make sense why Captain Quid's here. No, good point. Good point. And then there were no goofs. So three out of five explained holes in ships. (laughs) (laughs) Since you're from the Scoopcast, we'll pay homage to that. (laughs) All right, Arista. Okay. Well, starting off with the writing, I gave it a no because it felt clunky and whatnot. Uh, Compelling moral? Actually, yes. I could see how it tied in and it did... It did have a good attempt at explaining the Trinity. Music, of course, yes, because music is amazing in Odyssey. Sound design, I put no. Oh. What? The fake sound designs, they get really on my nerves sometimes. And I know this is BTV, but like, it was overdrive. And it was just, ah. There was something that was seriously off about the sound design. Overall acting, I gave a no, because everyone seemed off their game today. Don't know why. They seriously did. Even Connie. Oh no, wow. Okay. Yes, okay. (laughs) See, I don't have good ratings with this episode. Individual acting, I gave a yes. You better give that a yes. (laughs) Yeah, mainly because of Adam MacArthur. Oh yeah. He is amazing. I don't know, I was having like a tiny fangirl crush on John when he voiced him. I was like, (laughs) this this guy's amazing. He needs to be back on Odyssey. That's awesome. That's canon too. Arista and John. Yay, totally. (laughs) Ship it. His voice is wonderful. Anyway, believable plot, I gave no. Same with drawn into the plot, that is also a no. Because that, if I'm being honest, I was hanging off the side of my bed, bored out of my mind during this episode. Well, believable plot, was there stuff missing? It felt just off and like it could never even happen in a BTV. From what we explained, was there anything missing? Or if they had done something differently or explained something more, would that have made sense? Maybe if they had not just been in a submarine and like just explained where different characters came from, maybe why they were there more and just explained why the topic was even coming up and just explained a bit of the background a bit more. Okay, well, the background, would that be more to the writing, though, than it would to the plot? Because given what they gave you, going with that by the end of the episode. I could see that, yeah. Even okay. then, but in that setting, if it was a real event, even on a TV show, it would just be weird. Anyway, and then drawn into the plot, like I said, no. Expectations fulfilled. Out of spite, I could put yes, because I had Do low expectations. You know what? Yes, it doesn't change my rating at all, but oh, we're putting a yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, pacing and speed, no. The scene seriously dragged. Scene and theme blending, no. The scenes, I could vaguely see where they connected, but I did not enjoy how they connected. They did not flow smoothly, and that was very annoying. Specifically humorous, no! It felt like they were trying so hard to be funny, and a lot of it failed. There was like maybe one, two good lines, but overall, it was just sitting there like facepalming the entire episode. It was bad, I'm sorry. (laughs) Truly memorable, no. I don't enjoy BTV. Continuity with other episodes, no. You guys helped show me that. (laughs) That was originally a yes, because I didn't notice Uh, it. But it is officially no now. And then goofs. Yes. So that means there's no goofs. So we're good. (laughs) Anyway, so my official rating is a 1.5 out of 5. 
And that's a wrap. Thank you again to Allie and Ryan for sitting through my super duper positivity with this episode. I haven't changed too much since this review, but if you liked it, let me know. I'd be happy to hear what you thought of this episode. And if it's cool to hear something from the AIO Wiki podcast, even though it's really old by this point. Uh, thanks again to Scott for editing this. And who knows, but maybe we'll see more in the future from the backlog of the AIO Wiki podcast. And we are back to the original days of the AIO Wiki podcast, where I'm the the old positive guy, and uh, you're the one who tries to bring me down to dust. Nobody can bring me down. down. Oh my goodness. I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that oh. there's a place for us. For, for we are glory. Oh, look, a squirrel. And stops while you down. And copyright infringement.